0: You guys are rowdy. (laughs) Well, I'm really uh, very proud I made my wife cry. Um, I I get to teach today. Um, Aaron and Nicole are out of town uh, ministering in the Columbus area. And so um, I've got some uh, things that I wanted to, uh, to bring to you today. And to start off, um, we are continuing a series, so um, we want to kick off the first slide uh, of that to explain that. Um, Aaron started it last week, and it all has to do with this, um, these letters back behind me, hope. And so um, Aaron had um, taken each letter to symbolize something. So last week he started the H with hope, so hope begins hope. And then I get this week, um, obedience, and then he's going to continue the two weeks after that, presence and presence, and then everything, so H-O-P-E, so I get the O. Now, I don't know about you, if you look down that list, um, do you kind of think I got ripped off? (laughs) I got obedience, and um, if you look at at the list, um, I don't know about you guys, but obedience doesn't sound like one of the fun ones. But I want to change that this morning I think that's because many, some, some of us are have a little bit of the wrong mindset About what obedience actually is And so um, I want to look at A couple examples in scripture About obedience And we're going to look at the Christmas story today Because it's that time of year and I want to look at some people of of character and why they were able to obey And then I want to think about some things some reasons that makes it difficult make it difficult for us to obey And think about what we can do about that how we can um, Deal with that So to start things off. I want to look at um, the Christmas story. I want to look at Luke 1 uh, We're going to start in verse 26. This is uh, Mary and um just to kind of set things up, at the time of uh, when Jesus or when when Mary was getting ready to to have Jesus, she was a, a young teenager, and she was in a culture. Just to give you an idea of where the culture was at the time, where women were property, and so um, she she was in a place where she did not have a real significant position. She was young and she was female and she was in a culture that didn't really value either of those things. So this is where it starts, verse 26. Luke: 126 says, "Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, "Greetings favored one." The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it pretty amazing about Mary being perplexed. Not the fact that she was perplexed, but she wasn't perplexed because the angel showed up. An angel shows up to me, I think I'm going to feel perplexed about that, right? No, she was perplexed at the, what the angel said to her. And what he said to her is, the Lord is with you. Now, why was she perplexed? Well, she was a good Israelite. She knew some of the history. And if you look through scripture at different spots in time, when God says he's with you, he says it to people like Moses when he's going to lead them out of Egypt. The Lord is with you. He says it to people like Joshua when he's going to take them into the promised land. He says it to people like Gideon when he's getting ready to fight a battle when he's outnumbered. He says it to King David, he says it to, to Solomon He says it at different times in scripture And every time he says this Every time the Lord tells somebody this He's got a big job for them And usually It looks like the odds are stacked against them When he gives them this big job So she knows when he comes to her When the angel says to her Guess what, the Lord's with you She's like, oh boy, what's going to happen now What's next So the angel of the Lord Was about to give her a big task We're going to go to verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So these are, let me tell you what Mary was being asked to do. Okay, so God's favor, she's favored by God, and she's being asked to be the mother of the Messiah, of Jesus. Now Israel had been waiting for hundreds of years for a Messiah to come. The Messiah is the one who's going to bring them out of slavery, out of bondage. Okay, they had been waiting. But there's something else that if you don't know the the context in the culture that she was actually being asked to do, that we can actually overlook. And this is what I want you to think about when you think about Mary's obedience. In that culture, it was very looked down upon for a woman to be pregnant before she was married. In that culture... She was, in some, she was betrothed to Joseph. So it was kind of, a time, kind of in between being engaged and actually being married. So a woman was under the possession of a man. When you got to the betrothing point, she belonged to Joseph. Even though they weren't married, they didn't have all the marriage rights yet, she actually, in that culture, belonged to Joseph. Okay, And so she would become under the authority of Joseph. She was no longer under the authority of her, her father. She was under the authority of Joseph at this point. And so what was happening is she's basically at the mercy of Joseph when she finds out that she's going to be pregnant. And even if he's, if he's a good guy, which you'll find out later that he was, even if that's the point, I wonder what the times must have been when people looked at her and said, wait a minute, when was Jesus' birthday? And when were you guys married? Ooh, really? Ooh, I, I don't know if I want to be around that. I can't imagine what she might have gone through. The looks, the, the whispers that people had that she went through. And that's what amazes me about her obedience. is She was actually being told, yes, you're going to bear the Savior, but you're going to have to walk through this too. You, you actually, the Lord is with you because you're going to need him to be with you. So this is what she said. Verse 34 but mary said to the angel how will this be since i am a virgin okay now what she didn't say is i don't want to do this she didn't say please this can't happen she didn't say god that's impossible she said okay how can this be it's okay for you to talk to god and ask for some clarity when you're obeying him wanting to understand is okay It doesn't mean that you have lack of faith. It doesn't mean that you're doubting. You're just saying, God, give me a little more here. Help me me to embrace this. Obedience to the Lord often comes before we understand. It's not that understanding is bad. It's okay to ask for understanding. But obedience will often start before you even get to the understanding part. You take that step, and then hopefully, usually... Or maybe just sometimes you start to understand. Oh, okay, this is what God's doing. It doesn't. You don't always always get understanding though. It's it's called faith because you have to take that first step to get into it. Okay. So here's what the uh, the angel says. Gabriel says back to her, verse 35. The angel answered and said to her, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you." For that reason also, the holy child will be called the Son of God. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not sure how much clarity that actually gave her. How am I going to get pregnant? I've never been with a man. Oh, Holy Spirit, right? Okay, okay. But um, but she basically just at that point decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to embrace that. So move on to verse uh, 36. The angel continues. Gabriel continues. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth, that's that's her cousin who was in old age, herself has conceived a son in her old age. And that son happened to be John the Baptist. And she was called infertile. She was called infertile is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. So how's this going to happen? Well, Holy Spirit, and nothing's impossible with God. Okay. All right. That'll work. All right. Listen to Mary's response in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the Lord's bondservant. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. When she says, Behold the Lord's bondservant, she's saying, I am God's servant. Whatever you say, I'm in. Whatever you're asking me to, let me be a part of that. Let me do that. I may not get the whole thing, how this is going to work out. I may have a hard time going through this. I don't know what it's going to look like. In fact, sometimes, oftentimes, when God's favor comes on you, it doesn't mean life gets easier. When God's favor comes on you, it just means it's going to be better if you come in line with it. But it may not get easier. It did not get easier for Mary. And then, um, that to me, that's obedience. She she saw what she was going to pay, the price she was going to pay. She knew what was coming. She didn't know necessarily what Joseph was going to do. She didn't know how he was going to react. But she said, I'm in. Let me do that. Let me be a part of that. I love that picture of obedience. But if you look forward, she didn't just do it out of obligation. Well, this is God. I guess I better obey. I guess I have to. She had something else. If you skip forward in the chapter just a little bit. There's a, a part that's called, in, in a lot of your Bibles, it says Mary's Song. This is verse 46. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She knew if what she was getting into. She knew it was going to be hard. And still she said, this is amazing. I get to do this. Her obedience was not drudgery. Her obedience was her joy. She, she couldn't wait to serve the Lord. She couldn't wait to come into line with what God was doing. It didn't all make sense, I'm sure, at the time. But she was so honored to do that. She was so honored to be a part of that. Sometimes we we obey because we feel obligated, but that wasn't what Mary said. She said, God asked me to do something and I get to do it. I want to have that heart. When God asked me to do something hard, I want to be thinking, wow, God asked me to do that. I get to do something hard for God. She obeyed because she knew God's goodness. And she still had faith to believe without hesitation. To me, this takes obedience to a new level. You See, not only was she willing to obey, she has celebrated that honor to be able to obey him. So that's Mary. That's a picture of her. That's, that's the story many of you probably heard. I might have brought a few other things out. But let's look at Joseph now. This is Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18. This is what it says. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, was as followed. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, for they came, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away in secrecy. Now, as I mentioned before, women at these times were considered property, and she was considered the property of Joseph. He had the right at that time to expose her and basically say she got pregnant before she was married she deserves to be stoned by keeping it hush-hush he's actually saving her life he said he was probably thinking okay i can't marry somebody who's like this but i'm not going to have her stoned to death i i I know better than that i'm going to cover her i'm going to protect her he was a good righteous man even if in that culture even if he was the one who got her pregnant he just got tired of her, he could have had her stoned and blamed her, and he didn't. Because he was a good man. He was a, a good, righteous man. So, uh, verse 20, then. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit she will give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled behold the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they shall call him Emmanuel which translated means God with us Joseph was actually getting into something too See, by him being obedient to God, he could have been implicated with Mary. Everybody looking at him would have thought, well, why'd you marry her then? You must have been the father. You must have been with her before she was married in a culture where that was not looked upon highly. He was actually not just covering her. He was standing with her in his obedience to the Lord and saying, point your guns at me too. I will take whatever's coming at her. I will stand with her. Because he he knew who the Lord was, and he was going to be obedient. Verse 24. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. He even protected her from himself. He waited until she gave birth, until they were married to consummate that marriage. Now, she was already pregnant. Nobody would have known anything. Nobody would have thought anything of it. And yet, he covered her. He protected her from those around them, and he protected her from from himself, really. Aren't those stories inspiring? Don't you think that what they decided to do that really inspires me here's the thing though I listen to their devotion and I think man I don't always have a good time I'm not always that good at obeying the way that they were anybody else kind of think you know okay sometimes I obey God but you know a lot of times I'm not so good at that I I don't actually obey the way that that Mary and Joseph would if uh, if I I find out it's going to get tough a lot of times I'm thinking yeah is there another way around this could somebody else be obedient so I don't have to Well, there was somebody. His name is Jesus, but I'll tell you more about him in a minute. So there are basically five problems that I wanted to mention that I believe keep us from obedience. I'm going to mention each one of those issues, and I'm going to talk about some ways to deal with them. So if you take notes, this would be a good time to do it. The, The first problem, problem number one is selfishness. I don't feel like giving up my freedom. I feel like if I obey it means that I am no longer free we talk about this in our parenting class 80 to 90 percent of the kids when you tell them to go outside and grab their coat what do they say doesn't matter how cold it is I don't need it right does it have anything to do with how cold it is outside no it could be minus 30 they don't need a coat because you told them they needed a coat right? Here's the issue. We think that if we obey, we're giving up our freedom. God never takes away our freedom, though. You could put a gun to my head and give me two and, and, and tell me what to do, and I still got two choices. What we try to help our kids realize, and it was really what we're trying to help ourselves realize: when I choose to obey, it is my choice. I get to choose that. I'm not giving up my freedom. I'm choosing in my freedom. To obey That's what I get to do And so when Joseph And Mary decided Lord I'm with that I will do that They actually had a choice to obey They could have said no I don't know what would happen if they said no I don't know how that would turn out Thank God they didn't but they had a choice So when we are working on obeying the Lord I want you to recognize you do have freedom You have freedom to say no But will you activate your freedom to say yes Will you activate that Now I do want to mention this as a side note, your obedience, your choosing to obey, does not choose the outcome of your obedience, okay? God could tell you to do something, and it may not work out the way you imagined it was going to. You are not accountable for that. You're accountable, did you step forward, did you take the step when he said, I want you to obey? Did you take that step? And then if it doesn't work out the way that you said, he will not judge you for the result, it's only did you take the step that he asked you to, stay, to take. All right, second problem. Problem number two is lack of vision. I don't want to obey because I know it's going to be hard. Right? I know this is going to get difficult. And so um, l- let me tell you a, a little bit on how, how to deal with that is You have to realize that your obedience is not just about you but it can affect generations after you. Let me tell you something about the, 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 the founders of this church, Pastor Greg and his wife, Midge. When they started this, their whole vision was to provide a church, a place where their kids could go to bring them back to the Lord. And they filled up like the front few seats. It wasn't at this building. It was a lot smaller. And they decided out of obedience to do this. But the church began to grow and when it got to a certain size, they are like, we really need another building. And that's where this building that we're in right now comes in. And to get this building, Pastor Greg and Aaron and Matt and some of the others, to get the money to pay for this building, they had to borrow against their own homes. Okay. Now, what in the world would cause you to do that? Because if, this, you know, if they can't pay for this, it's their house that's on the line. That's really hard. That's a really big step of obedience. But what allowed them to do it was vision. I can go through any difficult thing if I know there's something good on the other side. All right? And so if God is calling you to do something, there's got to be something good on the other side. Now, it may not just be about you. It may be the generations after you. But if God is calling you to something, there has to be something good on the other side. Focus on that more than you focus on the difficulty you're going to go through to get there. That's the only way you'll be able to go through difficulty. If you have no vision, you're not going to be able to go through difficulty. You're going to want to seek comfort. You're going to want to run away from the problems and difficulties. But if you have vision, if I can see the goodness that's coming on the other side, it doesn't matter what I'm going through to get there because I have vision to get, get to it. The next problem I want to talk about is something It's kind of a churchy phrase But we call it the fear of man And basically what that means is I worry about what other people think Okay If I obey God I'm going to look weird If I obey God I don't know what people are going to say about me I want to fit in I want to be a part of, of, you know, of society That doesn't stick out I don't want to be that guy If I obey God I'm going to be that guy Alright part of what we do to deal with that is is just develop a confidence in who we are that's not based on the opinions of other people have you noticed that there are a lot of opinions out there have you looked around at all have you ever been on social media like i don't know good for you if you haven't but (laughs) i don't know if you've noticed but there are opinions on it and some of them don't even agree Has anybody, any of you ever changed your mind because of a social media post? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody changed their mind because you looked at social media, but everybody seems free to put out their opinions. I hate social media posts that are opinionated because I just, like, I want everybody to get along. But the truth is, like, everybody's free to say what their opinion is on social media, and then they get together and nobody says anything. Get a confidence in who who you are that's not measured by the opinions of other people. And then the other thing is, don't allow your emotions to determine your obedience. Now, I like people to like me, so if I let my emotions determine whether I'm going to obey, I won't do it, because I'm worried about what they're going to think. I have to determine in my heart that I'm going to do this, that I'm going to obey God, and then... Oftentimes, the emotions will follow. Emotions are amazing followers, but they're terrible leaders. Okay? So let me give you an example. I, was, I drive for Uber and Lyft um, throughout the week. And um, one day, uh, you know, if, if you drive for Uber or Lyft, one of the things that you're kind of like, you're kind of like the barber or the bartender. Everybody loves to tell you their issues and, and their problems, which is a great opportunity for ministry if you're in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So anyways, one of the things that God has kind of shown me, if somebody's telling me all the physical ailments they have, that's an open invitation to pray for them. Obedience is praying for somebody that that has a need for health or healing, right? I don't determine whether they get healed, but I can decide if I'm going to pray for them, if I'm going to offer, okay? So I'm picking this guy up from the YMCA in Englewood, and we're going to go to the, the hub, the bus hub in Trotwood. And he's going down his list of his physical ailments and tell me all the problems he has and tell me all these these issues and these things and I'm thinking, God, this guy doesn't want me to pray for him. He wants to tell me all of his problems. I'll be a good listener to him. Can I just do that, God? God's like, You know what to do. I'm like, but yeah, but God, it would just be real easy to let him get out and just be really nice to him and thank him and tell him to have a nice day. He's like, Yeah, you could do that, or you could obey. Okay, all right. So um, we get to the hub, and I ask, him. I turn him. and I say, hey, would it be all right? You've told me a bunch of your, your, your physical ailments. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? And he's like, you would pray for me? That would be amazing. I would love that. I'm always the one praying for other people. Now, finally, I get somebody to pray for me. You just made my day. This is so great. Well, I'll tell you, the emotions followed. I was like, oh, I'm so glad I obeyed. But if I went by the emotions beforehand, I never would have done it, Right? so you see how emotions are amazing followers it makes you want to do it again but they're terrible leaders my emotions will not lead me in, into things um, like that, into obedience most of the time here's the, uh, the fourth issue that I want to hit on well not that one <laughs> Do we have yeah, there we go? Uh, not being sure if it's really God. You ever have that? You're kind of like, all right, I think this is maybe God telling me to do this, but I don't know. Is that really God? I don't know. Maybe I just saw a movie and I'm just remembering from that, and or or maybe I had pizza last night and it's just doing something with with my brain, and and maybe something else is going on. I don't know. Maybe it's not God. Anybody else ever get that? Every once in a while, you feel like God's telling you to do something, but you're not really sure if it's God. So you wait and you hesitate and you hem and you haw. Well, I want to mention that it's okay for you to request confirmation. Now, Mary had an angel show up to her. She didn't need a whole lot more confirmation after that. Okay? So if God's calling you to do something and an angel shows up, it's probably a pretty good idea if you do it. All right? But if you get just a general inkling or slight feeling that God is telling you to, to take, is get off of your life-sustaining medication, you might want a little more confirmation than that. Okay, If it's a decision that's life and death are going to be a huge cost, it's okay to go to God and say, all right, I'm not saying this isn't you. I'm going to ask this in faith, not in doubt, but can you give me a little more? Can you give me some more confirmation? I Actually, I recommend that. See, Joseph actually, when he had his obedience, he had his dream with the angel in it, but he also had scripture. in in um, Isaiah seven fourteen it says the virgin will be with child, and so that might have been brought to his mind. And the other thing is he had the witness of of Mary who was, who was uh, he was was betrothed to him, and um, he had it resonated with him in his spirit. Okay, so when we are trying to hear God better, and we're not sure that it's Him. It's okay, the bigger the issue, to get more confirmation. Now, if you're standing in line at the grocery store and somebody's 52 cents short to pay their groceries and you have 52 cents, you don't need to search scripture for an answer and spend time in deep prayer. Pull out 52 cents from your pocket and say, God bless you. But if you, are, if, if you're, if you feel like God might telling, be telling you to pay off somebody's $300,000 house, you might need a little more confirmation than just a feeling. All right? So, <sighs> there's a difference between um, asking in faith for confirmation. There were times um, that I would ask God, you know, should I not let my kids be exposed to certain things, or is it okay? And I had to come in in faith that God would say, no, I don't want you to, to, to be exposed to those things. And then God might come in and say, no, it actually, is, it's okay. There's a difference between coming in in skepticism and thinking this probably isn't god and coming in in faith and saying all right god i think this might be you but i need more so when you're asking for confirmation you're asking god to show up not asking god to say that this isn't you all right come in with your heart turned toward him expecting him to to show you something and then the last uh issue that i want to mention is a problem of uh, not knowing God as well as we could and then associating God with, with humans. Blind obedience to anything or anyone but God is not a good idea. Okay, It is not a good idea. Even me, I know you're thinking, well, if Josh said it, it must be good. No, even me. Blind obedience is not good. Do you ever uh, hear those people who have blind obedience to their GPSs? Let me show you a few pictures of them. This is one on their GPS. How did they end up in there? Well, they followed their GPS. Next one. Or down this road. How did you get down that road? Well, the GPS said to go there. Next one. How, How did that happen? How did they get in that road? Next one. On a golf course, really? Like you didn't realize when you were starting to see the green that it was a time to stop? Okay, this one is really bad. Okay, but the GPS told me to go straight toward the boat. Right? So we tend to think of God in human terms. And so if we're thinking, well, blind obedience is a bad thing, which it is for anything but God. If anybody tells you to take a step and just follow them in blind obedience, they have become your God. GPS would be your God if you follow it in blind obedience, okay? And so, um, but when it comes to God, if we know him and we know him well, blind obedience is the most normal, natural thing that can be. If I truly know who he is and who his nature is. We see this in Jesus when he says, not my will, but your." hey, if you can take this from me, great. But you know what? Not my will. Because you know better. Jesus limited himself as a human being so that he didn't know exactly what was going on and how it was going to turn out. And yet in a, a human being in perfect relationship with God could, could say, not my will but yours, because he knew that God was good. He knew that it was going to turn out well in the end. So what I suggest um, for that is to spend time getting to know God. Don't just try harder to obey. Please don't do that. Don't work on obedience. Work on getting to know the Lord. Because when you get to know him, obedience comes. When you try to just obey, but you don't know him, you're going to keep struggling. And you might eventually get there, but it's going to be misery the whole way. But if you know who he is and you obey, and, and, and because of that, you just open yourself up, obedience is the most natural thing in the world. Ways to get to know God, well, one of them is Scripture. That's, that's a huge one. Get into the Word and use it not to, to just say, well, I, got it, I checked it off my list today, I read, read my Bible. Use it to get to know who God is, and the most perfect picture of God is Jesus. Spend a lot of time reading about Jesus, understanding who He was. Let that Scripture wash over you. Ask God questions like, okay, I'm going through this. Give me a scripture that shows me what you did when you went through that. I'm lonely. Jesus, how'd you deal with it when you were lonely? You know, show me your nature. Show me what you're like. The second thing is prayer. Make your prayer interactive, okay? Don't just give God your list of of to-dos, what I want you to do for me. But give God time to talk to you. Ask God questions, God, why did you do that? Why did you put that in scripture and let him speak to you? you get a sense, a thought, a feeling. You'll be pointed to another scripture. You'll hear a sermon when you're, when you're asking these kinds of questions to get to know him. Different things God will show you. And then get around people who you know know him. That's a great way. The big, one of the biggest healings in my life was just getting around healthy people just spending time with other people who were going in a direction that I wasn't there yet, but I wanted to be and I trusted them and it helped me to grow to know God better because I saw they're a few steps ahead of me and so how do they behave in obedience so that I can get there? And then I say just take some chances obeying and seeing God show up. Ask God for some opportunities to obey him and see what he does. Uh, A few months ago, as I mentioned, I drive for for Uber and Lyft for rideshare, and my son, um, Caleb, he started driving for DoorDash, and most people don't realize, most people driving for these companies don't realize that you really need to have an extra layer of insurance to do this. You need to contact your insurance company and find out will they cover this as well, okay? A lot more details than any of you are interested in, but basically you need insurance to do this. And so I had already gotten insurance, I thought everything was fine, but then it occurred to me, hey, I don't know if, if insurance covers delivery the way that it does for rideshare, if it'll cover for DoorDash. So I looked it up on the internet and I found out that most people what they do is if they're delivering for DoorDash and they get into an accident, they hide their bag and they hide their food and they don't let the police know that they had that, that, that they were delivering. And everything turns out fine and so I'm thinking well we could do that God what do you think he's like you know what I think (laughs) I was like yeah okay but it would be a lot easier if we just do that I mean nobody would know it'd be fine yes it would be easier do you want to obey do you want to do that okay all right whatever okay so I called my insurance company I'm like maybe it's already covered you know maybe everything is fine so I called them up and I said hey I was just wanting to make sure just wanted to make sure that the coverage I have also covers delivery and they're like oh no it doesn't we don't know what to do with delivery most insurance companies don't know what to do with that right now and I'm like dang because this is my son's plan right now to to make ends meet while he's in school because it's so flexible you can make money and do it whenever you want and I'm thinking okay God well should we just go back to plan A and pretend that we're not delivering if we get into an accident? He's like, well, you can do that. You might not even get in an accident if you do that. Nobody may ever know except you and me. So do you want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. So I, I told my son, you need to stop driving for a while till I can get this figured out. So I, I looked up on uh, Dave Ramsey's website, and I found um, an agent, and I called them up and I asked them if you know is there any chance that you have anything that does ride share and delivery and they said yes as a matter of fact we do we'll get you a quote and I'm like all okay, right, good I, I, I hope it's not too crazy much to, to pay because they're talking some places it's like you know multiple thousands of dollars to do this if you have a, a, like a delivery service so they get back with me and it's like I'm, I'm going to be adding a, a teenage daughter um, and I have all of, of the, the coverages that I had before adding on delivery and it's 30% less and I said is that right are you sure it's covering everything and like half of me wanted to say I'm just going to assume that it's right I don't even want to check you know <laughs> but I and they're like they showed me the list and I went down everything and it actually it had the same or better of what I was covered on before because of obedience Now, I want to tell you, that's the story of when obedience I could see in the short term that paid off. It doesn't always look like that. Sometimes obedience is just saying, God, I will do that even if it's going to cost me more. And it does cost you more. Okay. So don't think that everything you're going to do is going to pay off like that. You know, I'm not preaching that. I'm just telling you, ask God for opportunities to step out in obedience and see what he will do with that. See how he he will give that back to you. When we focus on the nature of God The inconvenience doesn't matter that much Whatever I go through I don't have to go through I get to go through And so I want to I um, Move toward a close this morning or This afternoon now I want to move toward, toward a close uh, I want to talk about Jesus and his obedience You see, Jesus, um, he obeyed in ways that we never can. None of us can obey to the point where we'll cover our own sins. We can't do it. As hard as we might work to do that, we can't cover our own sins. But he could because he was perfect. He could be that sacrifice. Philippians 2.8 says this. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That was Jesus' obedience. And so I wanna I wanna have you guys stand up this morning. We're gonna we're gonna move to a close. I wanna invite you to allow the Lord to search your heart, to show you things. Now when I say this I don't want you to work really hard to figure out what God is telling you. I want you to relax and let Him show you, okay? He may show you things you weren't even thinking about, but this isn't for you to go and and dig as hard as you can to find all the dirt in your life. This is for you to give God the opportunity to expose to you what He wants to show you this morning. So I want you to, to ask the Lord this question. Lord, is there anything in my life that I've been fighting you to obey? Is there anything that I've been fighting you? And I want you you to hold your hands out facing up. And I want you to say, Lord, I repent for holding on to those things. And I give that to you. Because I don't need it anymore. And I don't want it anymore. Jesus, what do you have in exchange for me? See what he will give you in exchange for that. What is he giving you for that? Now, he might give you an image, a thought, a feeling, a sense, or he might give you a tangible action. Now, if there are those of you who have never given your life to Jesus you've never obediently come into his obedience. You've never accepted him and his obedience to cover your sins, to cover your life, to actually give you a life to live obediently toward him. I want to invite you to do that today. So I'm going to ask um, any of our leaders to come up um, to pray with you. If you're struggling with obedience toward anything, if you don't know Jesus you've never given your life to him, or if you need physical healing in your body, if you need need some prayer, we would love to pray for you this morning. So Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you not for just the obligation to obey, but for the privilege to obey you. I thank you for the freedom to choose to obey you. Lord, we today, we we lay down that baggage, we lay down those things that might have been holding us back, and we just choose to to learn and see who you are and clearly pursue you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, bless you guys. If you need prayer, please come on up. We'd love to pray for you this morning. Otherwise, I just pray that you would have a great day, that you would uh, just um, bring Jesus to those around you and walk in, in love and obedience. Have a great day.